Welcome, misfits, miscreants, spooks, specters, astral beings from Dimension X, alien envoys from galaxies near and far, and all of you summer camping boogers from around the world. I am Dan, and you are listening to Late Night Fright right here on WKMF, Cozy Corner Public Radio. With me, as always, is my very slashery, my very jingly jangly, my very ear-collecting co-host, Faith. Say hi, Faith. Hi, Faith. Faith, you know all about the jingle jangle morning, don't you? <laughs> jingly jangly's making me laugh. <laughs> jingly jangly. Hey, and if you collect ears with earrings, you know you got you got some extra jingly jangles going on. So, Faith, we are at the halfway point here with Red Dawn. Mm-hmm. Questions that we have raised have been answered. A whole lot of other questions have manifested themselves, but I'm happy to say, here on the show. That something that has been on my mind for the majority of the season has been answered finally. Would you like to know what it is? I would love to know. Before I say that, let me just tell everyone out there, we are continuing our season-long watch of American Horror Story 1984. And we are indeed talking about Episode 5 tonight, Red Dawn. And it is it was during Episode 5, Red Dawn, that it, it hit me something that had been bothering me. So... Throughout this entire season watch we've been doing, every time I see Margaret, played by Leslie Grossman, she has reminded me of someone, and I have not been able to put my finger on it until now. So they have her done up. She looks pretty tragic. Would you agree? Mm-hmm. And Leslie Grossman is actually an attractive woman. She's, you know, she looks nothing like Margaret. Yeah, she's way more attractive than, than Margaret. But uh, you want to know who Margaret reminds me of? Yes. She reminds me of one of the Wayans brothers done up in the movie White Chicks. Do you see it? Now that you say it, yes, I do. Do you see it? <laughs> yes. My goodness, that is what she looks like. <laughs> so with that out of the way, let's get into it from here on out. There will be spoilers, me mateys. So if you haven't seen the episode, I suggest you be jumping ship. Walk the plank. Jump ship. Are but you come a back. now? I, I don't know where that came from. <laughs> it felt... It felt good. It felt in the moment. I went with it. As always, this episode synopsis is brought to you by the good people at Wikipedia. Wikipedia, Faith, doing my job for me these past three weeks. Wikipedia, it's not lazy. What is it, Faith? It's efficient. And here we go. Four years in the past, Donna discovers her father is a serial killer of young women shortly before he kills himself, leading to her obsession. In the present, Ramirez explains to Donna that he was resurrected by Satan, Satan Faith, and now knows about everything Donna has done. Meanwhile, Margaret suggests boating across the lake for help, and Chet agrees to go with her. On the lake, Margaret reveals the truth to Chet and then kills him. Donna finds Xavier in Montana and attempts to freeing, admits to freeing Richter, incurring Xavier's wrath. She flees and runs into Richter, asking him to kill her to ease her guilt. He refuses. Richter tracks Margaret down. Xavier shows up and kills Richter, only for Margaret to then kill Xavier. Ramirez arrives and uses Satan to revive Richter, Satan Faith. Brooke encounters Ray's ghost and eventually loses her virginity to him. You heard that correctly. She discovers Ray is dead when she finds his severed head in the refrigerator. Brooke returns to Montana for help, who attacks her and admits to hiring Ramirez. As the two struggle, the sun finally rises on the next day and the children arrive at the camp, only to witness Brooke murdering Montana. Brooke is arrested and Margaret frames her for all of her friend's deaths. 
Ramirez and Richter steal a police car and drive towards Los Angeles. This episode is currently the highest rated episode in the entire nine year history of the series on the IMDb. Let's do it, Faith. The bar has been set pretty high for us with this show so far. What did you think of Red Dawn and did it meet your expectations? Well, like most episodes this season, I again loved it. And I'm still trying to figure out five episodes in how they've kept this intensity going. You know, I mean, you're constantly watching it and it's just going, going, going. I feel like we never really pull back. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. It's yeah. Constantly. I was surprised they actually got to Dawn. I know. That, that really, that may have been the biggest surprise to me in this episode was that they actually got to Dawn. Mm-hmm. Um, this episode uh, met my expectations, Mind which... And let me just say this. We say that our expectations have been high. I've actually had no expectations week to week because I had no expectations starting this show Mm -hmm. to begin with. I I thought maybe this first episode will be fun and then it'll fizzle out. Mm -hmm. And as we said on the uh, first show that we did on American Horror Story, we made a decision. Let's let's do a season watch on this. And I have not regretted this one bit because this has been so much fun. And I really don't know where it's gone. I don't either. And I think that's the fun part about it. Yes. (laughs) Yes. So here's the thing. This episode, this feels like an ending and we're Mm -hmm. only halfway through the season. So again, we've, we keep talking about this. A lot of this stuff we we have seen coming. We've talked about the fact that we called certain things that have happened during Mm -hmm. the season. Do you still think there's a big twist coming? I think so. Of course. Right. I mean, I feel like that's what this show does. I don't think they're just going to be like, okay, that's it. Everybody's a ghost. Right. (laughs) Right. There's definitely something. I think the most, I think the thing I'm most curious about is where Brooke's future kind of goes here. And why Ramirez and Richter could get out of the, uh, off the grounds if they're dead. Because it seems like the other ones are stuck. Well, maybe because they're, you know, under Satan's like spell. So maybe they have a mission to go on or something. Could be. You know, you never know. Could be. So uh, let's get a little, let's dig a little more under the surface here. One of the things this episode hits on is the idea that evil can be born, mm-hmm. that it's in our nature. Uh, where do you fall on the nature versus nurture argument? And, you know, can people be born bad? You know, honestly, I think it kind of depends on the person. Does that make any sense? Because I mean, it makes complete sense. I think there is something to genetic makeup. Some, I think so predispositions let me say that i believe everyone has a choice mm-hmm. predispositions that you have towards certain things you've seen this a lot you know you see this with certain serial killers in, in their in their genetic makeup mm-hmm. that they but not everyone you know with that predisposition chooses that path but right. uh so i don't know if you can be born you can choose that path though, right. for sure so yeah i think for the most part i think nurture always is going to kind of win in a way but i mean hey you might be born dark and evil and just end up that way who knows <laughs> right a little push one way or the other yeah, exactly. right I, I don't think that you're born evil i think that again like i said you can you have that potential everyone right. has that potential right so well uh, speaking of that i noticed in the episode that the theme of the entire series really seems to be identity and no one is what they seem to be and this really comes to light in the conversation that brooke has with ray and he's your favorite isn't he mm-hmm. faith oh yes faith absolutely loves ray no i don't so uh <laughs> all of my deep insight aside how did you feel about seeing ray again what did you think of the ghost loving and how much <laughs> did you enjoy the reveal of his head in the fridge you know, I didn't want to see Ray again, but he wasn't 
as much of a dick here. Yeah. I mean, yeah, not I, as much, but I mean, I still don't like him. I would have rather have seen Birdie or something. But. I, I did say, uh, I did say, oh shit, here he comes again. Right. You know, here comes. Like, what is he doing here? Go. Here, here comes Ray with his big bag of bullshit. You know. <laughs> yeah, the ghost loving is weird. I mean, ghost loving was a little weird. Yes. It was like, okay, this is where we're going. <laughs> Echoes of Murder House, right? Yes. Echoes of Murder House. You know, um, yeah, I love seeing his head in the fridge. <laughs> I thought that was a great reveal. Like I was, I, like, yeah, I like that we, that she knew instantly. I mean, like it yeah. wasn't, you know, like like a, a week later. Oh, here's this yeah. he's dead. I like that it was instantly. Yeah. she knew something was up. You, know? you just got mounted by a dead guy, <laughs> Emma Roberts. <laughs> so anyway, uh, let's see. Margaret has had a plan all along to off the counselors when she gets them alone, which she reveals. You got that idea, too. I mean, I think she says it like my plan was to get you all alone. All alone, and all yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. So this begs my next question. Uh, who was going to watch the kids if she killed them all? The ghost counselors? <laughs> I, you may have just hit on something. I don't know. Yeah. Was she going to kill them? She's going to kill the kids, too? Like, I don't Did know. Did she kill everybody? But, I mean, like, if she was going to kill all the counselors, you know... Who was going to be working at the camp to watch the damn yeah, but kids? Didn't, did she kill all the people? Yeah, I think they're all dead now. No, I mean in the in the seven like nineteen seventy, didn't she kill like a whole yeah. cabin full of people? Yeah. So did she want to kill the kids? Oh, I don't know. I don't think she did. No, I think it was the counselors. Yeah. Okay. It but like, like with so these kids many, that are it coming like in, so many people though in that yeah in that moment. So. These kids that are coming in on the bus though, <laughs> she didn't have a staff that she she's killed the staff. So I mean, who's going to be watching? I think she knows the that they're ghosts. This could be the ghost okay. counselors. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right, so well, you, you you segued right into it. The supernatural <laughs> element is playing a major factor in the show, and uh, this is great considering Brooke is the only character still alive from our original group. Any ideas where this is going? And did you pick up the murder house reference? I got the reference, and uh, I have no idea where this is going. <laughs> I don't either. You know, I don't have any grand insight into where this is going. I mean, um, we, we see that little flash of next week's episode, and. You see Montana and Xavier. I have not watched a preview for it. Oh, well, I watch it recorded, so my okay. TV shows me uh, where, where we're going next week. So you see a flash of Montana and Xavier. I don't know if it's in the future. I'm not sure, but all these tourists are coming to check it out. And so she's like letting them take pictures, and then she kills everybody. And Ray's like, You can't kill everybody that comes here. And she's like, Yes, I can. So I don't know where, you know. Okay. So okay. we're going to see more ghost action. But <laughs> okay. Well, this is so. interesting because uh, all of the seasons of American Horror Story are at least loosely related. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is this is from what I've read because as I've, as I've said on this show before, I've only seen Murder House. I did see part of the Apocalypse episode where they go back to the Murder House. Uh, I know there are some uh, connections between Coven and Jessica Lange's character from... Uh, the first season. Mm-hmm. So uh, do you think this might be tied in uh, with those seasons? And, and if so, do you have any idea how possibly? It's possible. And for some reason, I feel like Brooke's kind of the culprit. I don't know why. I just feel like she's, there's something about her. We don't know. Right. I think she right. literally is like, what's going to, I think, I think it's her. I don't know what it is, but I get this vibe that it's, that it's her. Yeah, she's she's tied in with it. Um, well, I think you just answered. Well, I think you have answered my question. I'm about to ask. We had a nice cat fight in this episode. Mm-hmm. Are you team Brooke or are you team Montana? Montana. Oh, I'm team Montana all the way. <laughs> all the way. I'm team Montana. Now it hit me watching it. I was like, 
That is Julia Roberts' niece fighting Carrie Fisher's daughter. Right? <laughs> Carrie Fisher trumps Julia Roberts oh, every yeah. day of the week and twice on Sunday. No offense to Julia Roberts, who I do I do like at times. Oh, yeah, I love her, but I mean, come on. It's yeah. Carrie Fisher. Even. It's Carrie Fisher's daughter. Right. So questions. I'm not even going to ask this first question. Where is this going? We have no idea where this is going. Uh, why could Ramirez and Jingles leave the camp? You are speculating they're on a mission from their dark master. I mean, possibly, but I think I think it just has to do with Satan. I mean, obviously, you know that's that's what they've turned into. So I mean, right? Um, what is the bigger twist that's coming? We we still don't know. Now uh, I still am holding out hope for that movie thing that we we talked about that this might actually be a movie that the characters are watching. It, it makes sense. Yeah. Because I'm trying to figure out where Brooke's going. Yeah. From here, being arrested, you know. Yeah. Unless, unless. Uh, Ramirez and Richter coming, you know, for her or something. Yeah. I don't know. So favorites, I will go first. Xavier really stole this episode for me uh, with his little dance when he shot Richter with the arrows Mm -hmm. and his line about because of you, I'll never be on the cover of TV Guide. Because of you, I'll be on radio. He really stole this episode for, and he wasn't in it terribly much. Right. I didn't feel, but every party had every party this, had was just precious. He's on my list too. Literally everything he was doing the whole time, I loved it. Uh, I would also like to add John Carroll Lynch as Richter slash Jingles really continues to impress me with the depth that he's bringing mm-hmm. to this guy. You know, John Carroll Lynch is one of our great character actors. He's one of those guys when you see him. You go, oh, it's that guy. You might not know his name, but you know him. And right. he is really slyly stealing this entire show for mm-hmm. me. You know, bring in, I can't believe he's brought depth to a slasher, which I, I think, is, even though he's not really a slasher, sort of, maybe, <laughs> possibly, we don't know. But uh, no, he's he's wonderful in this. Uh, and, and I'm really enjoying every moment he gets on screen. Do you have anything else on your list? I do. I do. Billy Lord <laughs> is her usual Billy Lord self. And yes, she does indeed have rad hair. As she says, <laughs> she, every moment that she is on screen is oh, a no. good moment for me. I, I love her. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I like when she attacks Brooke. That's one of my favorite moments. Because, <laughs> hey, Team Montana, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Her <laughs> with the, her with the uh, was it an axe or a hatchet so, behind yeah. her? Yeah, but when she says it, you know, and yeah, I do have rad hair. That that was it. it. Her mom keeps coming out of her. And again, I said it last week. I'm mean, just going to keep saying it. I'm so glad Carrie Fisher's spirit is alive and well in her. Me too. <laughs> because I was super upset when Carrie passed away. I was a fan of Carrie. I've always said of Carrie Fisher, and uh, this, this has nothing to do with her substance abuse problems, but she was America's favorite drunk aunt. You know, because she was so funny and sharp and witty. And, and we really lost something when we lost her. And now Billy's got her thing. Oh, yeah. And it's going to be with us for a little while longer. Yes. Um. Also really like the Donna flashback. What did you think of that? Did you like it? Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, I thought it was uh, um, I thought it was very well done, mm-hmm. a little creeptastic. Uh, they played uh, one of my favorite songs of all, all time by Rose Royce, who did Car Wash. Love Don't Live Here Anymore was in that scene, uh, which is great. Uh, Tim Russ was played her father, and he was in uh, Star Trek Voyager. He played the character Tuvok. So it was nice to see him. I've always liked him as an mm-hmm. actor. Um, yeah, that was a really, really well done um, uh, scene. And, and I do like that it put her in a little more context. Right. 
I got a, I got a little bit of a Dexter vibe from it for some reason. I can see that. You know, I can see that. Kind of discovering your yeah. loved ones a Marguerite. <laughs> I'll go there. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have anything else from the favors list? I like when the police showed up. I don't know why. I guess because it was like, yeah. what's going to happen, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Again, well, I just, I have to ask the question, who is going to watch the kids? You know? <laughs> Ghost counselors. You Ghost know? counselors, yeah. Um, we do have to talk about something that I didn't like. Is that all right? Can I can I mention something Go that I it. didn't like? Okay, here goes. Okay. What I didn't like is where was the big dick playa, Trevor Kirshner, played by Matthew Morrison. I've said this week in and week out. He's my favorite character on the show. Mm-hmm. Every time he opens his mouth is gold. And also, we're playing this because even though we see her at the end of the episode, they killed Montana. And I'm on Team Montana. I don't care that she's a bad girl with rad hair. She's my second favorite character, on, or maybe 1A and 1B yeah. with, with, with Trevor Kirshner. So, I'm with you, though. Where was he? I mean, where was he? Where is the big dick playa? I don't know. Because in times of trouble, when you don't know where the show's going, you don't know what's happening, who are you going to turn to? You're going to turn to the big dick playa yep. that's right trevor kirshner so i have a feeling uh because he is listed in the main cast we're going to be seeing him mm-hmm. next week yeah. i have a feeling we're going to see him sooner rather than later oh, yeah. so well this was a fun episode uh even though we have no idea what is going to be happening on this <laughs> show nor do we have any good predictions you know I have, I have no prediction to make as to where this is going no me neither like i said i mean the preview kind of shows the camp turning into like just all these ghosts kind of yeah. running it so mean. <laughs> well, American Horror Story 1984 airs on the FX network on Wednesday nights. And we have been doing a season-long watch of this. And we will be following this concurrently with uh, Creep Show, which is airing on Shudder every Thursday. So we're going to have season-long watches of those. And we just added Maddie Mac Monday. Mac Attack Monday. We're doing True Detective from HBO uh, one of the great, we're doing the first season of that, one of the great series of all time. And we're going to be doing every uh, episode of that, all eight episodes of that uh, landmark first season. So tune into that. And Faith on Wednesdays, what are we doing Wednesdays, Faith? The Late Night Fright Proper, where we talk about wonderful horror movies. Classic horror movies. Look at uh, bigger themes, mm-hmm. uh, analyze uh, some things that are there. And uh, that's a whole lot of fun. And all of our episodes are available wherever podcasts are found. Well, until next week, when we hopefully get some answers at what's going on here at Camp Redwood, I am Dan. And I am Faith. And we want you to keep, keep your, your monster, monster on a leash. leash. We will see you on the other side. <laughs>